You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In that Penn State-Indiana game, Penn State comes up short, just short of a victory in Bloomington against the Indiana Hoosiers. Indiana comes up with a wild 36-35 victory against the Penn State Nittany Lions to open up the Big Ten season for both teams. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin McGuire, your host of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, and this is our first ever post-game live show that we are doing live. We're going to make this just an audio recording as well later on, so if you are subscribed to the podcast and any of these platforms right down here you see below my finger here, you're going to get this as a podcast at some point late tonight, early Sunday morning, whatever the case may be. We're going to do this on a regular basis. I don't know if we'll be able to do it every week, given some of the other commitments I have right now, but I'm going to try and make an effort to do a little bit of a post-game show with you guys and talk about what just happened and my goodness a lot of stuff just happened before I get into all that first of all welcome to anybody who is checking in for the first time on our twitch channel uh, I imagine that's many of you <laughs> because we have not done this before this is all brand new and I'm happy to have this uh, as a part of the uh, locked on Nittany Lions experience now a couple of intro things before we get into what just happened in this game like I said Podcast descriptions down here. Uh, I don't know if I have all the chat commands ready to go here on the Twitch channel, so you'll have to excuse me if none of the commands are working right now. I will be working on that, and I'll try to have them up there for you next week when Penn State looks to rebound. Didn't think I was going to have to say that, but when Penn State looks to rebound against the Ohio State Buckeyes. We'll get to that all later. Uh, So again, subscriptions to the podcast down below. You can also check the channel page. I believe I have the links up there uh, if you want to check them out that way. Uh, continuing to add to that moving forward. However you get your podcast, subscribe, rate, review, really does help us out moving forward. Uh, follow us on our social media platforms. Obviously, here we are on Twitch, so if you want to hit that follow button, that would be fantastic. And we should get an alert anytime that somebody does hit the follow button, so hopefully we can pick up a fo- couple of you guys <laughs> moving forward. And, of course, we are also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, using the username Locked on Nittany. That information is right over here, right right there. Locked on Nittany on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then over here for your podcast information. My dog's barking. I don't know if you can hear that. But it's been a wild afternoon here for Penn State football. Let's get to the nitty gritty, if you will. Uh, let's talk about that two-point conversion. All right. Uh, so Penn State opens up, opens up the overtime, goes up 35-28. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't have a whole lot of confidence that that was going to be the game-changing or the the situation for Penn State that makes you feel comfortable about this win. Uh, Penn State's defense had just given up a long touchdown drive towards the end of the the second half. Then I didn't have a whole lot of confidence that the defense was going to be able to hold. Now, the two-point conversion attempt by Indiana... I, I like it. I, we've seen so many college football games over the years where people are saying you know, an underdog should just go for the two-point conversion the first chance they get rather than wait for that third overtime to come around. Usually it doesn't work out well for teams that do end up doing that, but Indiana was finally rewarded. Uh, Michael Panix, I, I figured as soon as they're going to go for two, I thought the best move for Indiana was to allow Michael Panix to hold on to the football and see what he can do and reach for the end zone. And reach for the end zone, he did. Or did he? That's going to be the big controversy. Obviously, you saw the instant replay at the end of that game uh, where he stretches out 
for the goal line along the sideline, just barely nudges the pylon before being rolled out of bounds. Looked like Penn State made the stop. I thought, looking at a bunch of the replays that we saw, I thought it probably could have been ruled short, but the call on the field was that the two-point conversion was good. So then you needed the officials to have clear, definitive video evidence that he was not in, across the pylon or the goal line to overturn the call on the field. And after a lengthy review, that review went in favor of Indiana. It was, uh, I believe the official call was the place stood. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily, I don't know if it was confirmed or you know, stood, whatever the case may be. Indiana gets the two points and then allows them to celebrate a, a long time coming, a victory against a top 10 team. Uh, Penn State was number eight in the polls coming into the AP poll coming into this weekend. They're obviously going to be falling tomorrow when those new polls come out. And I can hear, I've seen a lot of the chatter on Twitter for sure. Uh, you know, Penn State didn't really play like they deserved to win this game. And it, for a while in that fourth quarter, it looked like one of those games where it, you just you find a way to get out on top somehow and you just have to survive in advance. Just get out of Bloomington with the win, as ugly as it is. A win is a win, especially in this year, 2020. You don't have a whole lot of games to afford to lose. And now Penn State's going to be starting out behind the curveball. So this is a this is a tough loss for Penn State to open up the season. There is absolutely no question about that. And there were many teaching moments that I think James Franklin and his staff are going to take away from this game. A lot of uh, self-inflicted penalties, mistakes, turnovers, bad decision-making by some young players, bad decision-making by some of the older players. And there's going to be so many examples of plays you can look back and say, what was that player thinking? Or why was he thinking this? Or why wasn't he coached to do something else? Plenty of room for criticism in today's game. Let's try to start from the beginning, kind of rehash some of the things that happened along the way. And of course, at any time, if you have questions or comments that you want to throw into the Twitch chat, you are more than encouraged to do so. We will try to mix them into the conversation as well. I don't have the chat popping up on the video screen, I don't believe, but I will see it if uh, you guys decide to hop in the chat uh, at any time. So again, questions, comments, if you want to vent, now is a very good time to be doing that. And uh, we'll try to get to you guys as well. I'm kind of looking all around, looking at the different things on my screen. So let's start the game. All right. So Penn State opens up the season with a pretty good, effective offensive drive. A lot of Devin Ford on the drive that ended with a fourth down touchdown pass inside the 10-yard line, five-yard line. I forget exactly where it was. It was a short touchdown pass from Sean Clifford to uh, Pat Fryermuth, which made him the new record holder for tight ends in Penn State history for career touchdowns with 16. I forget exactly who he passed, but either way, uh, that was a good way to start the, the season for Penn State. And then the defense comes up and pitches a three and out to get started. So all in all, very good start to the game for Penn State. Not necessarily an explosive start, but an effective start, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. One of the things you took away from the offense early on was there was a lot of Devin Ford, and that was because Noah Kane left the game almost as soon as it started, uh, going into the locker room, limping around. I don't know exactly if the uh, injury status for him has been confirmed. I'm sure that'll be a big question that comes up in the post-game press conference as James Franklin is recovering, or not recovering, but uh, answering questions following the loss. And I'm hoping that by the time we record our podcast on Sunday for Monday, when we do a little bit more of a recap with a little bit more of a time to let this all sink in, Hopefully, we'll have some more information on what the status is for Noah Kane moving forward. Now, of course, this comes just days after we learned that Journey Brown was not going to be playing potentially for the season. And then Devin Ford, of course, uh, became the main running back. And Kevon was also involved in a little bit. And he kind of got banged up at one point but came back. So 
the running back death still, I think, is going to be okay for Penn State, but that was always a contingency of if they stay healthy. And certainly they got a little banged up in the past week. So that is unfortunate. We'll have to see how that all plays out. But again, very good start to the game for Penn State. And then the offense just kind of goes stale. The offense just goes into hiding for a long time, well into the second half, before they close out the third quarter with their second touchdown of the game, their second score of the game. In between that, you had two missed opportunities with the special teams. Uh, Jake Pinnegar missing two field goals, including one at the end of the first half, which should have been a pretty pivotal point because those missed field goals certainly came back to haunt them. Obviously, if you go into overtime and you have a couple missed field goals on the board, uh, or off the board, I should say, that always comes back to haunt you. It certainly did for Penn State today. A lot of things came back to haunt Penn State today, and that is very unsettling. For a team that generally has been as well-coached, well-organized as Penn State has, to go on the road against Indiana and come out with this demoralizing loss with so many areas of for improvement it's not a great look, not a great way to start the game, especially when you have Ohio State coming in next week. I'm all around with my thoughts right now, but that's kind of what the uh, the idea of this whole thing is. We're going to be kind of scattering around kind of a stream of consciousness. Again, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to add them into the chat. Feel you like you need a little bit of energy. Well, if you do, then the good news is BuiltGo is going to be the solution for you to break through your dejected wall at this moment in time. That's right, BuiltGo, they're from the makers of Built Bars. You know how much I love the Built Bars. Well, I also love the BuiltGo's. BuiltGo is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting, it's natural, you actually feel good afterwards. And they come in these nice little one and a half ounce packages. You can just throw them in your lunchbox, you can throw them in your backpack. And right now they come in three awesome flavors. I'm a big fan of the peanut butter honey, but they also have chocolate coconut and chocolate mint. And these are nice little energy gels with collagen protein. So you can add them into your diet. And like I said, if you need a pick me up, they're really gonna give you the little boost that you need. I know I've taken them at work, going through the nice day job where I'm doing some manual labor. And after lunch, it really helps me get through the final stretch of my day. Now, maybe Penn State needed a couple of those to finish off their day, but regardless, Bilko is definitely something you want to check out if you're looking for a little pick-me-up. Visit Bilko.com and use the promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go. Now, while it's pretty tough to take in what unfolded Saturday afternoon, the fact is Penn State football is back, and that is reason to celebrate responsibly. And the best way to celebrate responsibly right now at the end of a hard week is not only with watching Penn State football, but also with the beer that is made to chill, and that is Coors Light. That's right, Coors Light from the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, invites you to celebrate responsibly as Penn State football has officially returned. And yeah, there's still a lot to look forward to. There's still a lot of reason to be optimistic about some of the things that could happen this season, and Coors Light's going to be there with you to enjoy the ride responsibly. So kick back, relax every weekend, watch some Penn State football, pop open a Coors Light. It is the beer that's made to chill. But if your fridge is empty... Maybe you need to replenish your supply. If that's the case, don't worry. All you have to do is go to get.coorslight.com and you can find out how you can get the new look delivered straight to your door with contactless delivery. So you want to hit the reset button like many Penn State fans probably do. Go to getcoorslight.com and find out how you can get Coors Light delivered straight to you in their brand new look. Always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 
So the game starts off well for Penn State, and then the offense goes very stale, and a couple of mistakes by the offense uh, lead to some very quick short drives for Indiana. Uh, Sean Clifford intercepted twice in the first half, and none more costly than the one after Lamont Wade decided to return a kickoff and got as far as the five-yard line <laughs> uh, and just plays later. Uh, Sean Clifford throws an interception to a wide-open Indiana defender. I forget who it was, but he's able to set uh, Indiana up at the four-yard line, and a couple of Plays later, I guess, uh, Indiana scores the touchdown. Stevie Scott uh, had some big moments for Penn, for Indiana. And that followed uh, Indiana scoring a touchdown on, on their own drive with Stevie Scott doing the, the run up the middle against his Penn State defense, catching uh, somebody out of position. Took advantage of that. Uh, there weren't many opportunities for that offense of Indiana to capitalize uh, throughout the game. But when Penn State gave them opportunities, they certainly cashed in. And that was, uh, th- that was part of the self-inflicted uh, uh, harm that Penn State was doing to itself with an offense that you really expect more out of. Uh, you know, it's very uncharacteristic for this Penn State offense to make as many mistakes as they did. Now, we've seen before, uh, certainly last year, Sean Clifford had a rough start to the game against Indiana last year on the road. Uh, things did not go well for a while against Ohio State on the road offensively. And you, I've said before, this spot where Penn State was opening the season on the road against Indiana that's not exactly the most ideal position to be in for Penn State because I thought Indiana was a very dangerous team. I thought Indiana was going to be a team that's going to catch somebody this year, and lo and behold, they caught somebody right out of the gate with their big win against Penn State. So where did it go from here? Uh, That's going to be one of the big questions that we take moving forward because obviously there is a big game coming up next weekend at home against Ohio State. Ohio State certainly uh, lived up to their hype with Justin Fields and the Buckeyes taking care and pulling away from Nebraska in their season opener in the big noon kickoff earlier in the day. Uh, Ohio State looked like the team that was prepared, ready to go this season, and is ready to live up to the billing of a legitimate Big Ten and college football playoff and possible national championship contender. Penn State's a program that is trying to get to that level, and they certainly did not look that part today. Now, the defense, I will say, the defense, for the most part, had a very good day. You know, Shaka Tony certainly brought some pressure in the second half when they really needed it. It's just that when you have Indiana starting with such great field position, I don't necessarily knock Penn State's defense for giving up a four-yard touchdown drive. <laughs> I, I'm not going to knock them for that. would have been nice if they held them to a field goal, but uh, I, you know, when you start at the four-yard line, I expect every team to be able to score a touchdown within four plays. Uh, one yard, a, a play, uh, that should net seven points for that offense. So I don't necessarily think that that's uh, something I'm going to knock uh, the Penn State defense for. Uh, and they, they did create a couple turnovers. They had some nice plays throughout the day. And really, until that last drive of the fourth quarter by Indiana, which we should get back to in just a second, but that last drive by Indiana, that was the first time that Indiana really had any sustained success against Penn State with the big chunk plays. And I don't know necessarily if the defense was doing anything differently, certainly in the secondary, because it seemed like they were bringing pressure on Michael Penix. They were getting hits on him on that last drive. He was you know, Penix, was, to his credit, was just getting rid of the football to guys that were open and be able to make those catches. So... Um, you know, I, again, I don't know if Penn State's defense could have done anything differently on that drive or should have done anything differently on that drive. But the reason Indiana had that drive is because Penn State, with the football in a 21 to 20 lead, Devin Ford just had a little bit of a, a brain cramp and decided to walk into the end zone when Indiana was letting him score. Penn State had an opportunity to kneel or take a knee 
inside the, the five yard line and pick up a first down that would have certainly uh, milked a whole bunch more clock off the, the scoreboard. And it certainly would have uh, caused Indiana to burn at least all of their timeouts that were remaining. And Devin Ford walks into the end zone and you see on the replay, he knows he shouldn't have done it <laughs> because he is, he is dejected as soon as he crosses into the end zone. It looks like he was looking around to see where everybody was, lost track of maybe where he was on the field. And then he realized that he was about to step into the end zone or the ball was about to cross the goal line. And he knew right away that he should not have done that. You can see that as the play is unfolding. He's, he's casually walking into the end zone, realizes he shouldn't be there, tries to get out. It's too late. The damage was done. And what's even funnier about that moment is you see the Indiana defensive player uh, seeing that he scores a touchdown. He starts clapping his hands and raising touchdown signal. I have never seen a defensive player actually celebrate the opposing team scoring a touchdown the way I did uh, that Indiana player today when Devin Ford scores that touchdown. And obviously that comes back to haunt them because on the ensuing possession, Indiana drives the length of the field, whatever the distance they had to go was and scores the touchdown, scores a game-winning or game-tying two-point conversion that eventually uh, leads to the overtime. But before that, before that, Indiana on the ensuing kickoff squibbed it. I don't know if it was a mistake or if it was designed that way, but gives Penn State terrific field position, relatively speaking, to maybe get a chance for one last long field goal. And they did try that with, I think it was 57 yards. Uh, they were asking out of Jordan Stout, uh, who is more of the, the, the long-distance field goal kicker when they need it. Uh, it certainly looks like it was possibly going to go well, but uh, another field goal comes up short this time. That's three missed field goals. I'm not going to knock uh, Jordan Stout for missing a 57-yarder. Uh, many people are going to miss 57-yarders. Uh, Jake Pinnegar has a little bit more answering to do with his kicking game, but um, you know he was very reliable last year. Uh, we'll give him the mulligan this year. We'll see what happens the rest of the way, but uh, no, I'm not pushing any panic buttons, I think, with special teams, but special teams was a disaster <laughs> in, this in this game today. Again, not knocking Jordan Stout for missing a 57-yarder, but uh, you know Lamont Wade's bizarre kickoff return that got out to the five-yard line eventually led to a four-yard touchdown drive by Indiana. Two missed field goals, but Jack Pinnegar, you make one of them, you're not even playing in overtime. Uh, you make two of them, you're certainly not. Uh, certainly the, the chip shot at the end of the first half when the defense finally comes up with a big play and gives Penn State's offense or the special teams in this case one last chance to cut into an Indiana deficit right before halftime. It was 17-7. to Could have been 17-10. to and then again, that missed field goal comes back to haunt them, just like that Devin Ford touchdown. So very curious to see what the mindset of Penn State is going to be after this game. Like I said, so many teaching moments to take away from this game in particular. And I think that you know, if James Franklin is looking for room for improvement, he certainly has it. Now, there were a couple bright spots along the way. Like I said, Pat Fryer moved certainly uh, reset the or set the new record for all-time career touchdown catches by a tight end. Uh, you saw some glimpses from some of these young wide receivers, especially Parker Washington, who caught a touchdown pass in overtime and nearly came up with a big catch uh, in that fourth quarter as Penn State was driving down the field. Uh, did pick up a pass interference penalty to help out, but it almost nearly caught in a, a drop of a dime pass from Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford had some high moments, some low moments for sure. Uh, you know, a couple of interceptions and there were some there were some moments where you think that he probably should have taken off to run a little bit more uh, instead tried to hold off a little bit and see if he can make a big play down the field that doesn't necessarily happen. So there were some moments like that. And I still think that Sean Clifford, uh, when he needs to decide to run, he needs to decide to run <laughs> because he can do some big plays uh, with his feet as well. And that's something we'll certainly see as the season goes along. So there are some positives. It's very difficult to find them right now, but I do think that there are some things that you can build off of 
from this game. Now, I will say this. Penn State doesn't quit, okay? You know, this Penn State did not deserve to win this game by any stretch of the imagination, but it did look as though there's some grit to this team, and that's part of the personality. They get down, they, they play stale for a long time, but a guy like Sean Clifford uh, did come up with a big 35-yard touchdown run right at the end of the third quarter, gives Penn State a spark. Eventually, they take the lead, and that's something to be said in his defense and in their credit. So I, I think that Penn State certainly is not ready to play at the elite level that they're trying to accomplish this game certainly attests to that there's uh you know there's so many excuses that you can be make be making because of the the bizarre offseason the pandemic all that stuff your offseason schedule has been completely ripped to shreds well guess what indiana had the same thing ohio state had the same thing uh clemson alabama these are programs that all had the same issues to some degree or another and you can't really use that as an excuse i I understand people will use that as an excuse but i'm not buying it because everybody had to deal with the same thing indiana was going through the same bizarre offseason that penn state was and let's give indiana credit i said going into this game that this is a tough draw to open up the season on the road against a talented team like indiana coming off one of their best seasons this is not a team that you want to mess around with this is not a team you want to let hang around or in this case indiana actually let penn state hang around for a while uh, they were just able to overcome it but there's some talented players on this Indiana team that were coming back into the season. And if they're healthy, they're going to be dangerous. We saw that today. Uh, so this is an Indiana team that's going to be fun to watch from now on. But now you're just kind of wondering, it's like, this is a game, is Penn State going to look back on at the end of the year and say, this really cost them something potentially big? I mean, we're already one game into the season and already a chance to play in the New Year's Six Bowl game is severely damaged just because of this game, because you have Ohio State next. And I don't know about you, but did you see anything from Penn State today that suggests that they can beat Ohio State next week? I know I certainly didn't, given the way that Ohio State played, the way that Penn State played. And I think most people probably expected that game was going to be a loss anyway. So (laughs) this is a tough spot for Penn State to be in, uh, not just in the Big Ten East, but the Big Ten in the New Year's Six bowl picture. Uh, I understand we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves anyway. You do want to play week to week, but... Starting off 0-1 with Ohio State on deck, it's not a great spot for Penn State to be in. So they're going to have some climb up to it. And yeah, when you look at the standings, you're going to see that Penn State is behind Ohio State. They're behind Indiana, losing the head-to-head tiebreaker with Indiana. And yeah, even Rutgers is ahead of them right now because Rutgers managed to pull off a win against Michigan State. I'm going to take a minute real quick, get some water, and when we come back, we'll run through some of the other stuff that happened around the Big Ten. This is the Locked On Nittany Alliance post-game live show, live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Locked On Nittany. Again, make sure you're following us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the podcast on these apps, and I'll be right back. All right, we're back uh, again. This is the post-game live show for Locked On Nittany Alliance. This will be recorded in a podcast audio format. You can get that on all the major podcasting platforms listed down here below. Amazon Music is now an option. You also have Spotify, Apple iTunes, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Stitcher. Whatever you're using to listen to podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app and give us a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the podcast in general. Now, before I run down some of the other things that happened around the Big Ten so far today, I know there's a couple games going on right now with Michigan and Minnesota uh, underway. Uh, I want to run through the box score real quick because stats can be very deceiving. Okay, If I told you that Penn State outgained Indiana, these are unofficial stats, by the way. I'm looking at the ESPN stats. I didn't look at the official uh box score just yet uh, but Penn State outgained Indiana 488 to 211 all right they had 27 first downs gave up 16 
250 rushing yards by Penn State as a team, 41 rushing yards allowed to Indiana, and then passing yards, 238 yards, 238 passing yards for Sean Clifford, 100. I'm sorry, 238 passing yards as a team because Will Levis did come into the game at one point. And um, just let me double check real quick. Yeah, 238 passing yards all to Sean Clifford, who had three touchdowns and two interceptions. I'll get back to the player stats in just a second. But as a team, Penn State outgained Indiana 488 to 211. That's a game that you have to win. (laughs) You have to win probably by double digits. And here we are talking about Penn State losing their season opener 36 to 35 against the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, penalties were a big uh, issue today for, for Penn State as well. 10 penalties, 100 yards, and some of those penalties were very costly. Extending drives for Indiana, uh, big 15-yard gains here and there. Uh, there was a targeting penalty, penalty against uh, Lukita, uh, who's going to miss the first half of next week's game against Ohio State before he's able to return to the field in the second half. Just as an aside, I think that's a ridiculous targeting rule. I think the targeting rule needs to eliminate that. I don't think you should have to sit out any time in your next game if you're kicked out in the second half. That's just my personal opinion. But uh, Lamont Wade also avoided a potential targeting review. Uh, did look like it was a good clean hit uh, late in the fourth quarter on Wolf Fillior, I think it was on. Uh, so that's a you know a little bit of a break. Lamont Wade uh, had his ups and downs today too. Like I said, the uh, the kickoff return was a big puzzling mark, but he also came up with an interception. He had some big hits. Um, I'll be interested to see what some of the reports uh, or where the report card grades are for uh, the Penn State defense and specifically Lamont Wade. Uh, turnovers. Penn State had three turnovers, including those two uh, interceptions thrown by Sean Clifford. Uh, the, the third one escapes me right now. Was it? I don't remember what the third uh, turnover was. If anyone remembers that one, uh, just feel free to jog my memory. But obviously two interceptions thrown by uh, Sean Clifford. Uh, they did force two turnovers. Uh, points off turnovers were pretty big because Indiana scored 10 points off of the uh, two of those turnovers from Penn State. Uh, and of course, Penn State missed a chip shot, easy field goal right before halftime off of uh, a late Indiana turnover. So I don't know what to make about the box score. This is just one of those games where the box score is very misleading because the only score and the only stat that matters is the final score, I should say. And that has Indiana 36, Penn State 35. Now, if you remember, math class 36 is more than 35, so that's that's not good. Uh, looking real quick at some of those individual stats, again, we'll just run down these. Uh, Sean Clifford was 24th of 35, 238 yards, three touchdowns with two interceptions. He also led Penn State and led all players with 17 rushing attempts for 119 yards with a touchdown on the ground, too. So Sean Clifford put up some numbers today, didn't put up enough, and he had too many interceptions. So uh, all in all, you're going to need more out of that running game because you can't rely on Sean Clifford to be your leading rusher. Uh, and that's where not having Noah Kane certainly helped or hurt from the very beginning of the game. And obviously just days after learning that Journey Brown's not going to be available, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. We'll see what his long-term situation is. But uh, Penn State, I still think, is going to get some good stuff out of their running game. But uh, Indiana was not going to allow that to be the case today. Uh, Indiana did a good job of shutting down the, the Penn State running backs, the deeper they got into the depth chart. Uh, so that's a little bit of a concerning area going into next week's game against Ohio State. We'll see what the situation is for Noah Kane. Uh, if you're looking for a Penn State wide receiver to step up, uh, Jahan Dotson, four yard, or four catches for 94 yards and a touchdown today. He had the big touchdown that gave Penn State a lead uh, in that fourth quarter. 
uh, really kind of a roasty occasion. Uh, Pat Fry with seven catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Again, he had the touchdown on the opening drive of the game. Uh, that's the kind of production you're going to get out of Pat Frymuth. Um, you know, I thought he had a pretty decent game. I don't really see too many issues there. I think he had a holding penalty at one point, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, that's nothing I'm going to really knock too many players for every now and then. But again, penalties were a big issue for today. Uh, we saw Daniel George with three catches, 29 yards. Uh, Lambert Smith with two catches for 25 yards. Uh, Parker Washington, I mentioned earlier, had the touchdown in the overtime uh, with uh, two. That was his second catch, and he had 12 yards on the day. Uh, so you saw some. You saw some guys get involved. They spread the ball around a little bit. Lamont Wade had the one interception. Uh, kick returns. All right. Um, not a whole lot going on kick returns. And uh, Devin Ford had one kickoff return for 28 yards. Lamont Wade had one return for five yards. Uh, again, a devastating play at the moment. You kind of saw that that was going to be a disaster right from the get-go. And, and then special teams kicking. Uh, I mentioned I'm not going to rip Jordan Stout for missing on a 57-yard field goal. And Jake Pinnegar did connect on five of those five uh, extra point attempts, but he missed on those two field goals. And that's someone you rely a little bit more on in that kicking game. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. And again, again, and when you go into overtime, if you have any missed field goals in the game, you know that that's going to come back to haunt you. That was certainly the case there. But again, he was very reliable last year. We'll see what happens moving forward. Kickers are weird sometimes. You know, sometimes kickers have good years, and then they just have a, an awful year. Uh, and we saw, remember what happened with Sam Ficken. You know, he got off to a rough start with that one year, and then he certainly came back. He proved to be pretty consistent as the year went on. So not ready to make any pressing changes in the special teams area just yet. But lots of room for improvement on special teams. They can come back to hurt you in a big way, and they certainly did not help the cause in today's loss to Indiana. Let's take a look around the uh, rest of the Big Ten scores. Let me load up the scoreboard here. Again, we're going to try and do these uh, post-game chats uh, regularly throughout the course of the regular season. Now, seven games left before that Big Ten Championship Week uh, in that ninth week of the season. So if you want to leave any comments or questions, you want to get something off your chest, feel free to hop in the chat right now and submit your chat. I've got the chat window open here. So if you have any questions, we'll try to address them, bring them into the conversation at any time as well. Uh, my scoreboard is now all of a sudden not working. I will say that Michigan and Minnesota are tied at seven. I'm going to be watching some of that game tonight as we continue moving forward. Let me blow up the Big Ten scores here. All right, so um, these games are in the midst of happening right now. Uh, in the first quarter, Northwestern's up on Maryland, 13-3. These uh, other scores are all finals now. I already mentioned Ohio State had the big win against Nebraska, 52-17. to That's what a legitimate Big Ten contender with college football playoff uh, aspirations will do against an inferior opponent. Now, again, Indiana is better than Nebraska, so there is something to be said there. But Ohio State did what they needed to do. Penn State did not. So that's the big difference between where Ohio State is and where Penn State is. Uh, obviously, they'll get a chance to to correct that next week when they host Ohio State. And I'm not ready to say that Penn State is definitely going to lose next week. I just look at today's events and I see that there is no reason to suspect that Penn State is ready to take on Ohio State right now because Ohio State is just that much of a better team. And they certainly played it like a better team in the first game of the season. Again, next week could be a completely different story. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that one and break that one down moving forward. All right, I did mention it earlier, but Rutgers goes on the road against Michigan State, gets a 38-27 victory against the Spartans in the re-debut of Greg Schiano with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, 14 points in the first quarter, 14 in the second quarter. Uh, gets shut out in the third quarter, but then pull away and put the game away with 10 points in the fourth quarter. 
Nice little win for Rutgers. I'm not going to say that this means that Rutgers is going to be a problem this year because Michigan State is also going to be a pretty bad team this year. Not a whole lot of wins, I suspect, along the way in 2020 for both of those teams. So let's not get too carried away. But yeah, Rutgers is going to be ahead of Penn State in the stands. And you know Rutgers fans are going to get a kick out of that for as long as they possibly can. Uh, another game that went final uh, while Penn State was playing, Purdue clipping Iowa 24-20. to Big win for Purdue. Uh, even without Rondell Moore on the field, uh, Purdue gets the job done against an Iowa team that I suspected was going to be in the Big Ten West picture. And, of course, Penn State will see Iowa later in the year. Maybe that game's going to be a little bit more important uh, for at least for one of those teams when that, team, that game comes around because that could be a make-or-break kind of game. But uh, Iowa obviously stumbling out of the gates like Penn State. That's a game that you really can't afford if you're Iowa because you're going to be in a tough division with Wisconsin and Minnesota. Wisconsin, of course, winning on Friday night against Illinois, 45-7. to Wisconsin looked pretty good. Ohio State looked pretty good. Indiana's going to be pretty dangerous, and I think we found that out today. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this live post-game show. Again, some of these will go a little longer sometimes. It will definitely re rely on sometimes interacting with you guys. So if you enjoy this and you want to come back for it, make sure you hop into our Twitch channel. A rough, we'll start the feed up around a couple minutes to go in the game, especially if it's a, a lopsided affair. I kind of held off a little bit longer on today's game because I didn't know what was going to happen. And, of course, going to overtime, I didn't know what to expect. And uh, we're going to just do this uh, on a regular basis. We'll react to games as they unfold with uh, live initial reactions, gut reactions. And, of course, we'll let some time settle by. And, of course, on Monday we'll have our regular recap podcast for you guys for if you didn't get a chance to watch this live feed. But, again, uh, this audio will be put together in podcast form, so you can catch it on the social or on the podcasting apps of your choice right down here below. You can get it on Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Amazon Music, whatever you're using to listen to podcasts, we are available on. Just search for Locked On Nittany Lions if none of the links on our page work for you. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Don't forget to check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. And until next time, everybody, let's see what happens next week. <laughs> next week's got a chance to uh, redeem <laughs> the situation for Penn State. I don't know if it will, but it should be pretty fun. All right, that's it for me. Have a great rest of the night. Have a great rest of the weekend. I'll talk to you later on the podcast. And again, we will do some more Twitch streams in the near future. So thanks for watching, guys. I will talk to you later. Have a good night. Thank you.